This is Train Your Body with Melanie Cole, an expert guest from the American College of Sports Medicine on Radio MD. Boy, people are tracking their health all over the place, and the studies have come out that by tracking your health, and I've said this for years, see, I'm way out of my time, that by journaling, this was back when you used a pencil and a piece of paper and wrote down how far you walked and how long it took you and what you ate, that by tracking your health habits, you can get a better response and a better effectiveness from them while the health wearable device industry is boomed now. But how accurate are some of the things, the steps, the blood pressure, the heart rate? My guest today, of course, is the expert in all of these things, Dr. John Higgins, sports cardiologist for the University of Texas Health Science Center. So Dr. Higgins, Fitbits and all of these things that people are wearing, are we learning that they are less accurate or more? Well, they're, let, let's just say this, like anything, Melanie, as time goes on, they're getting better and better. You know, the algorithms are getting better. They're understanding, you know, what people in, in 2016, how they exercise and, you know, how they do things during the day. So, look, they're getting better. Some are better than others, Melanie, you know, and, and certainly some depend on what type of exercise. You know, some are better when people are running. Some are better people when, when they're walking, et cetera. But, you know, within... The, the typical error margin for most of the, the newer gadgets and apps are, are generally within about 5 to 10%. Some are, again, depending on what the person's doing, Melanie, can you know, give errors up to 25%. So for, you know, just as an example, if you're wearing a wrist device to measure your steps and you, you know, move your arm, just stand there and move your arm up and down really quickly or, or play the piano, for example it's going to, oftentimes, it's going to get confused and think that, you know, you're doing fast steps, and it's going to overcount those. You know, um, uh, uh, in contrast, you know, some of the devices that are using GPS trackers, if someone is walking in place or walking on a treadmill and not actually physically moving over a GPS kind of grid, they will maybe underestimate, you know, for example, what that person's doing. So, I think there's, you know, there's good and there's bad in, in all devices. But, you know, as, as physicians and healthcare providers, we're always looking for ways to kind of monitor and improve patients' health and fitness. And I, I think apps are, are a great way to do that, Melanie, and these devices. And, and like you said at the beginning, you know, it takes a, a lot of time and effort, you know, to do it old school. That is, you know, to actually carry a diary with you, you know, write it down. Whereas the nice thing about a lot of these devices and apps is, they can do it just automatically for you. So that takes the, a little bit of the effort out of the equation. And I think that's why they're, they're more popular and people are using them for longer periods of time. I think so, too. And, and, and the ease and the convenience is a big factor. Now, things like blood pressure, that's one. Okay, so maybe your steps are off a little bit inaccurate, whatever. Yeah. But things like People are looking to these things for blood pressure, and we're learning. I even did a recent story about how off the blood pressure was on some yeah. of these devices. Now that, but that's something that could really be at issue for your health if you've got high blood pressure and you're trying to keep track of it, and you're using one of these devices that's pretty accurate. They, I think it was like nine out of ten times it gave you a completely wrong blood pressure. Yeah, no, that's. I think you you're right on, uh, Melanie, in in terms of. One of the points is in terms of getting to a medical device sort of situation where, you know, I'm not talking about just, you know, monitoring your activity, but actually incorporating 
the evidence-based kind of information in that your device gives you and then using that actually as part of your care plan to manage your blood pressure or or other health issue i think we're not there yet in terms of the uh the smartphones and the apps and i i mean some of them are for example heart rate the heart rate apps uh, which they which use the little uh camera and the uh a laser light are fairly good because pulse is relatively easy to do you know on uh on a finger or or on a hand but when you're getting to blood pressure which is a little bit more sophisticated we still haven't got to the point where an app and a device can give you an accurate blood pressure so i would recommend to people that they still take their use a machine you know or or go to Kroger Walmart or wherever and and get your blood pressure checked as well as your doctor's office and and you know use that more until we get better mechanisms. But you know, Melanie, they're getting better and better and and you know, now we've got these wearable devices as well that um uh you know that are f- sort of sewn into the fabric of clothing which are measuring, you know, the way muscles contract. Which is cool. See, that's cool. Now, wh- okay, so so as a cardiologist, what would you like to see being able to measure and then if these things store that, do you want us to put them on a little zip drive, bring them into our doctor so our doctors can see what it is that we're finding out or any of those kind of, what would you like to see them being really, truly, if you had your wish list of things that you could measure, what would you measure? Oh, um, sure, Melanie. Well, I, I would, my wish list would be, you know, all of the cardiovascular risk factors, you know, so like your blood sugar level, your blood pressure you know whether or not someone's smoking uh you know which uh, some apps can tell now whether you're exercising what type of diet you're eating you know wh- whether you're eating enough fruits and vegetables you're hydrating enough and you're getting enough sleep so a kind of a comprehensive app that will measure and or device that will measure someone's uh health and wellness over multiple aspects of the day from when they're awake to when they're asleep and and also uh, you know in terms of their social interactions because we now we have the study I think we you know that came out not too long ago that we we in fact talked about I think on the show Melanie that people that are isolated you know that and not having good social connection with others that's a risk factor as well so I but but coming back to what you were saying Melanie before I think we need what we we need, which we don't have right now, we need a standardized approach, which is evidence-based, to certify these applications and other consumer products that want to give information to people about their health. So right now, there is an explosion of these apps. They're like coming out, you know, multiple oh, ones every, every day, day, even yeah. for blood pressure. And and there's no there's no formal evaluation, for example, by you know the FDA or, or some other national board. And I think we need a scorecard and we need to have these properly evaluated in real people, just like we do with medications. Because in effect, you know, if we say that exercise is medicine, you know, and, uh, and apps are, are purporting to measure this, then we, I think we need to evaluate these applications if, if people are using them to see whether or not they do what they say they do and they're accurate. Well, so also, what do you tell people? And we only have about a minute and a half left. But if they put on a Fitbit, get one number, put on something else, get another number, use their phone to get another number, the inconsistency and the varying results, you know, what does that tell you? What would you tell somebody to tell their doctor if they got those kind of results? Well, I, I, would, uh, I would say to them that 
you know, if you can do a, a formal test, you know, and, and have both of the apps at the same time and, you know, walk a certain number of steps and just see, you know, which one is more accurate, it might be that one is consistently more accurate. Uh, it, or if the accuracy varies, I would probably average them and, and make sure you t- bring them in, you know, the information to your uh, doctor. And I think that, uh, you know, because as you mentioned, Melanie, inaccurate information can, preser- you know, certainly lead to some unwarranted concerns or harms. But I think that the I'm still looking at this as a great way of, you know, helping people with behavior change, with interventions, and I think they've they've got a wide range of potential uses in the future, including clinical, preventive, public health, and in rehabilitation settings. So I, I'm all for them, but you know what? This When, when you have 30 things to choose between to, yeah, to measure your blood pressure, we need to know which one is number one, Melanie, so we need a scorecard system. That is great advice. We do need a scorecard system. We need to know which ones really are are working the best. And of course, if it is blood pressure, you have any questions, go to your doctor, get your blood pressure checked officially from a real blood pressure cuff, a sphygmomanometer. Try and say that 10 times very fast. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening to Train Your Body, Motivate and Perform with the American College of Sports Medicine, the gold standard in fitness and sports. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.